There are travelers in this land who move at time's command. Their eyes are filled with all eternity. Let them glimpse your heart, that's where the healing starts. Mountain gypsies are the remedy. Mountain gypsies sure to set you free. Hey everybody and welcome to Mountain Gypsies Just a Few Things. This is Kat Young, your illustrious host with my beautiful daughter Tess Hughes. Say hello Tess. Hello Tess. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I am fantabulous considering that yesterday was not a fantabulous day. It wasn't. It started out okay. Not for me. It didn't. Of course. Somebody hacked my banking account. Yeah. And I had to go to the bank and get all my credit cards changed while you were PayPal changed and all my square changed and do all this stuff and changing squares 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 and do all that square and just as I finished I got a phone call yeah see I got my phone call before you yeah because I think it was just over insurance and fear we get fearful when we have to tell you bad news yeah so I get a phone call from my (coughs) son and he said um mom I've totaled my car it was my fault, but I'm okay. Bye. I went, no, 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 bye. You, where are you? He told me where he was, which was about five to 10 minutes from me. I said, I'll be there. And he said, no need. I'm fine. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you've totaled your car. You're fine. How are you getting home? Are the police there? Are you hurt? I'm not hurt. I don't think I'm hurt. Um, I'll ride with the tow truck. I'm like, yeah, this is not going to work for me. I'll be there Mm-mm. in a minute. Mm-hmm. I grabbed, my mom was in the car waiting on me. I, we flew to where he was. When I get there, he is addled. He don't really know what up from down. The airbag had went off and, and off in his face. Well, he never and, had a wreck like that before. Right. And you've raised all of us to be strongly independent. Right. Well, so we try to handle things ourselves. This couldn't be handled. His car, nope. by the grace of God, I'm trying not to cry. I've cried all day. Uh, by the grace of God, he was, and I mean that literally, he had angels and the grace of God with him that he is not hurt. I've seen wrecks that were not nearly as not bad. nearly as bad and people didn't come out of it. So he had the hand of God on him and his his Jeep was completely gone. Smashed. And there's no more Jeep. And um, he was, he was addled today still. I think he's still a little... He's really tired. He didn't sleep much because yeah. his fiance every little bit was like, "Wake up, wake up! Are you alive? Are you alive?" So. Yeah. So he's he's out car shopping now, but uh, it was it was quite devastating. Actually, I held it together fine until today when everybody left the house. Maybe he was at school. Test take the boys to go do some stuff, and I was sitting here by myself. And somebody posted something on uh, my Facebook, which I actually deleted the comment because it was quite. Oh, was, yeah. Did you see yeah. it? Yeah. And, um, it, uh, I broke down and I lost it. It was, it, I understand the person was hurting as well, but it was, it was too much. And I just, I lost, and I couldn't quit crying about that time. My good friend, Terry Hughes, she's a local farmer here in town that we love very much. She has a, a gypsy farm here. In fact, it's called gypsy farms. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she came by and she walked in. She said, Lord, what are you doing sitting here crying? I said, I, she's like, uh, Calm down. Well, I said, I can't. I got to teach Reiki three here in a minute. I've got somebody about that time. The girl that was taking Reiki three sent me a message. She said, I'm ready. 
and she was doing a FaceTime, and I'm like, I am sorry, I'm just, and she knew about the wreck. She's like, calm down, take some time, and we'll start here in a minute. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know what happened. It just hit me. I like, I held it together till, you know, almost a full 24 hours. And Terry said, girl, get your stuff. We're going to go rag shaking and eat. I said, Terry, I don't have time to go rag shaking. And for those of you who don't know what rag shaking is, what is it, Terry? Thrift store shopping. Thrift store shopping. Yeah. And so I said, don't have time for that. She said, well, we're going to go over here to the Mexican restaurant and get some meat and I'm buying your lunch. So we look, I look like runner, I'll get you. And we, but I went anyway. And so we went to the Mexican restaurant and we had food and laughed and we, we just have the best time together. I was and, fearful for the town of Roan Mountain. The and they should be afraid when, when Miss Terry Hughes and I get together. There is a picture of. She has got the prettiest blue eyes I've ever seen in my life. They're very similar to yours, you know. Her eyes are lighter than mine. Aren't they? I think. Do you look are, at your eyes a lot? No. Okay. I think those are the prettiest blue eyes I've ever seen in my. She's she's a beautiful woman, and she has absolutely beautiful blue. Eyes. I want her. I, if for you those, she's gonna kill me for this. Yeah. She needs a good man with a farm. She needs a man that wants a good woman to take care of him and help run her farm. That's what she needs. Yeah. That's what she needs. Yep. So Roan Mountain, Elizabethan. Newland. Newland. Anyway, um, she's doing fine by herself, but I'm telling you, it gets lonely up in these mountains, doesn't it? Yeah. You don't know. You got a boyfriend. Hush thy mouth. Anyway, so that's how yesterday went. And then. And today, part of the day. Yeah. I found a dryer at a laundromat that I could get in. Excuse me? Yes. Oh, everybody's washers and dryers are breaking down. My washer died. Tess's boyfriend's washer died. So we're having my well, mine works, but I have to do everything manually. I have to turn it to one cycle after the other yeah. cycle after the other. So it takes forever. Tess's boyfriend broke. So Tess decided to take everybody because he's got four children. Take everybody's clothes. No, not everybody's clothes. I just took to get to the rest of the week a bunch of clothes and all the towels and linens, which is that's a lot. Well, that yes, that two of laundry mat. Yeah, she sends me a message and she said I found the cheapest laundry mat on earth. It was. And it was the most terrifying, too? It was a little creepy. I was a little scared for my life. But the dryer, I showed you a picture. I could get in. I had to stand on my tiptoes to put quarters in. Wow. Yeah. But it was okay. interesting. Well, before we go any further, we're going to take a break because I have something very important I have to tell you. Pay close attention. This is a freebie. Pay really, really close attention. After that, we're going to start a show that's going to rock your world. Okay, guess what? What? Phenomenology is back. No way. Yeah, 2020 Phenomenology is coming. Go to phenom2020.com. That's P-H-E-N-O-M 2020.com mm -hmm. and check it out. Lots of famous people are going to be there. More to be announced. Lots of pair of celebs. It's going to be awesome. Vendors everywhere. Can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. tonight... And tonight only, Wednesday night, if you mention that you heard this episode, you will win something free, okay? If you buy your ticket tonight, let me look this up to make sure I've got it right. If you get your ticket tonight and you buy a VIP ticket or a VIP vendor table, you get a free drink ticket, okay? So anybody that tonight will purchase their their ticket for Phenom for 2020, the uh -huh. VIP ticket wow. or the VIP vendor table, 
you get there's a big party. The parties they're famous for the parties. There's no but listen, nobody puts on a event like this, do they, Tess? Absolutely not. I'm just saying there might be a dance off. Who oh knows? Oh my god. I listen, we have stories from phenomenology that will go down in history. People want to fall asleep in a bathtub. I've, I got in a fight on the dance floor once at phenomenology. It was a it was a dance off, really. No, not that one, the one that, that remember the stripper chicken over there. That was still a oh, dance okay. off. Okay, yeah. we'll call it a dance off. Anyway, so if you buy a VIP ticket or a VIP vendor table ticket, you will tonight only 10 people from between now and midnight, you will get a ticket for a free drink now that you may think what drinks are like 12 bucks in 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 these places you know or 15 or whatever is it so i don't know how much your drinks but they're expensive now you pay a lot for them you pay a lot for drinks so you get a free drink ticket so guys if you're going to phenomenology here's a freebie get your vip for the party vip vendor table you don't want to miss this this is the creme de la creme of all events all Paranormal events have tried to copy this. They've tried to be like it. But nothing has ever come close to Daniel Weingard's uh, phenomenology. It's just never happened. Has it's it? an amazing event. You, Anybody who's anybody is there. They're going to speak. It, if it's, it's just the way it's always been. Uh, to be invited there is is just, I mean, it's it, you know that you're somebody when you're invited there to speak. And that you that you get to to be recognized there, um, it, it's the place to be. Make sure you're there. Phenom 2020. The dates are go there. Check out the dates. You don't want to miss it. You want to get your early tickets, get your rooms booked. Be there or be square. Right? Absolutely. Don't forget seven o'clock tonight until midnight. Ten people only. VIP tickets vendor or uh, entrance. And you get a free drink ticket. Love ya. See you there. Okay, so now, tonight's show, The Real Sleeping Beauty. <sighs> it's a big one. It's a big one. This show has affected, what we're going to talk about has affected my whole life. But first, let me let me start by telling you how this show came about. We had a wonderful Easter we had a beautiful Easter. We went and picked up my mom. She came here. She always comes to our family gatherings. She told me that she loves to come to my family gatherings because she never knows what's going to be said, who's going to do what. But I'm telling you guys, our family get-togethers are the best. TV-worthy, really. They are because it's laughter. It's funny. There's jokes being pulled on each other. It. It's wide open. It yeah. is It is the best time to be had by all. Mm-hmm. And my mom sits back and just laughs and laughs and watches it all. And on our way home, we were talking about um, sleeping and talking about, um, we were talking about Tess, actually. Imagine and, that. And we were talking about how when Tess was younger, she had, Tess has ADD, but she has the form of ADD where she will fall asleep and she cannot, she can't wake up. She'll, I mean, no matter how hard you try, but I mean, she's been accused of being on drugs and everything else and nothing, but she just couldn't wake up. And my mom told a story and we all have the same story, different, a little bit different of where you go look for Tess. And she said, she's going to take a shower and it's an hour later and she would be sound asleep in the shower and in the shower running the tub overflowing or something like that. And we were talking, we were talking about that. 
And uh, of course, Tess has overcome all that yeah. now. But this was years ago and we were talking about it. And I said to my mom, I said, well, mom, I, I honestly, I think she gets that from you. I said, because when I was growing up, I said, you know, you, you know, you've got that sleeping disorder. Now we call it the fainting goat, right? Yes. Yeah. I think Tess coined that. That well, it's because, you know, anytime we have anything go on uh-huh. in our life, extreme happiness, sadness, any extreme emotion, it'll be great. We'll be happy. We'll be sad, whatever. And then we're gone. Like we just literally, I can just go lay down for like five or 10 minutes yeah. and we're out. And it's like, we're dead to the world. Well, and the reason it's called fainting goat is because there's actually a goat that you can scare. Is it a sheep or a goat? I, I think, think it's, it's a goat. goat. Yeah. You can scare it and it will just, it'll, It'll fall over. It faints. You can, yeah, it's you can you can Google that and look it online. If you get scared, it just falls over, and that's what we do. If 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 there's an overwhelming emotion, we all want to take a nap. And I told Mom, I said, I think we get that from you because Mom, I remember as a kid, you sleeping a lot because my mother has a severe sleeping disorder, and she is the original Sleeping Beauty. And that's absolutely what I would think when I was a kid. I when I was little before I went to school, because they didn't have kindergarten when I was a kid, where I grew up. It was, I, you started first grade. So all the other kids were so much older than me. I would just, you know, be at home with mom and mm. I would see her. She lays, my mother's beautiful guys. And she would be laying on the couch and I would think she looked like sleeping beauty. And my mom said to me, she kind of, she kind of just wandered off from it. My mom is 86 years old now, guys. This is the sharpest 86 year old. Yeah. She's sharper than me. Which maybe not be saying much, <laughs> but she she drives everywhere. She and and I don't mean like she drives like a little lady. She's got bright red hair. She's sexy as crap. She, she looks bowls. like she's in her six. She bowls two or three times a week. She she lives on her own. She plants her own garden. She drives everywhere. She dresses all hot and sexy. She looks like she's like sixty. Um, but anyway, she kind of just looked out the window for a minute. And she goes, you know, I remember the first time that happened. And I said, you remember the first time? What happened, Mom? She said, I remember the first time that I went to sleep and I couldn't wake up. And I said, tell me about it. And I had heard this story, but never to this degree. And it never grabbed hold of me like this. And so I'm driving down the road and Mamie's in the back and we're taking Mom home from Easter. She said, I was nine years old. And she said, I have an older sister, Nola. And she said, Nola started dating when she was 12 years old. And she said she was gone. She was, she was already gone. And she said, there were six kids. And she said, so there was four beneath her mom. And she said, well, at that time there were seven kids. And she said, there was, you know, five younger than me. And she said, um, the baby Edna had whooping cough. And she was really, really sick. And she said, my dad, I don't, she, and she said, I don't know where my dad was, but he wasn't there. She said, but he was a really good man. So I'm assuming he was at work is what she said. She said, but my mom was out and I'm going to stop here and I'm going to give a disclaimer. (laughs) This is so hard for me. My grandmother turned her life around later in life and she gave herself to the Lord so all is forgiven. So we're not placing blame. We're not doing anything there. We're going to stop and we're going to add that. And we're going to go forward with the story. My grandmother, you have to understand, had her first child at 13. This was in the mountains. These were, these were country folk. These were mountain folk. These are Appalachian people. It's a different world. 
but my grandmother was out with her friends. And I did not know this at the time, but where my mom grew up in the town, she grew up in this little mountain town. There were bars in that town. Really? Yeah. And they served alcohol. My grand, she said my grandma didn't drink. She loved to carouse with her friends. And my grandfather was somewhere else. And not all the babies, even though my grandparents were, ma- were married, apparently belonged to my grandfather. But my grandfather was so loving, he took the babies and was raising them mm-hmm. anyway. So my, gr- my mother at nine years old, my grandmother looked at her and said, this is your baby. Take care of her. And it wasn't just that baby. My mom also had a sister named June that she had to take care of, too, plus the other two. So actually, my mom was taking care of all the all, all the, the kids, except for her older sister at nine. And mom said that the baby's name was Edna. And she said she was so fat and so pretty and so loving and laughter. And she said she played with her and took care of her all the time. Now, my mom was very tiny and very sick and very thin, but she did the best she could, you know, and there was nobody else. And she said that Edna had got whooping cough and she was so bad. And she said she sat there with her that night. And the doctor, back then doctors did house calls. Yeah. And now, mind you, my mom and them, they were very poor. And she said, but this doctor would come by every so often to check on the baby. Mm-hmm. And mom said that grandpa was gone to work, she thinks, and grandma was just out. And she said, I was sitting there with Edna, and she said, I was rocking her. And I can see this because I've got pictures of my mom, how tiny she was. And she said she was struggling so hard to breathe. I would take her, and she said I would raise her up Uh so she could get air. And then she would fall asleep, and I'd hold her back. And she said she would cough and gasp for air, and I would raise her up. And she said... I knew she was dying and there was nobody there to help me. And she said, all I could do was hold her and rock her and raise her up and help her try to gasp for air. She said, morning came. And about that time, she said, I don't know why, but the doctor showed up Mm -hmm. and he walks in the house and he walks over to me. And he takes the baby from my arms and she's dead. He said, she wa- he walks over to the window and he's holding her there. And he said, she's gone, Mamie. She said, about that time, my mom came in. And a little bit later, my father came in. She said, I remember going to my room and going to sleep. She said, I don't know how many days I slept. Yeah. But I slept for days. And she said, no one noticed because the baby was dead and there were plans that everybody was dealing with that. And she said, nobody even noticed that I had been asleep for days. That hurt me on a level I cannot explain to you because then she proceeded to tell me Oh, yes. And then I remember it wasn't long after that. My mother left us for good. And she told me that the six-month-old that was there, that I was to take care of for the rest of my life. And so she left mom in charge of the six-month-old. So mom left 
and she was left there with the six month old to take care of. Mm-hmm. And so my mother raised June until June went to school when she was six years old and my mother was 15. And then my mom left that town and went in search of her mother. The trauma that my mother went through affected her for the rest of her life. It caused her to have severe sleeping disorder. And detachment kind of from people and situations. You would think. I should say. I I think that it's not intentional detachment. No, she's full of love. Absolutely. But when things become overwhelmed, when she is hurt, when there's a terrible situation, my mother cannot stay awake. She is the sleeping beauty. She is, she goes into this deepest of all sleeps. So I started doing research on this. My mom said to me, she said, you know, Cap, she said, um, I've, I found out the other day I was watching a TV show and I'm not the only person that this has happened to. There's people that's had trauma in their life and they'll go into sleep and they can't wake up. And she said, but I can't remember what it's called. I can't remember. And I said, well, you don't remember. Was it a name? Was it? Have they tagged it, mom? And she goes, yeah, but I'm not the only one. And I thought, my poor mom has lived with this knowing that she has lived with a trauma that has caused her to go into sleep. She's never told anyone. It was tagged on a TV show the other day. And 86 mm-hmm. years old, she's come to the realization she's not the only one. She has thought she was the only one. Too much. Too much. I mean, those are just, that's just a little bit of the snippets of stories that I'm going to share today. But this woman has overcome and went through that I can't even begin to tell you. But a nine-year-old. Losing her sister in her arms by herself with no one there. The trauma and the tragedy of that is more than I can comprehend what it would do to a person. Yeah. Yeah, my mother <laughs> has overcome and has struggled and is strong and married and and had all of us four children. And, and we all have been successful. And she's loved her grandchildren and other children. And, and she has been a wonderful mother. And never once have any of my mom or their sisters ever abused or left their children like my grandmother did. Actually, quite the opposite. No, and they it clung was, to them. They clung to them, and it was insulting their children and their grandchildren. In fact, we, 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 to we the will, point that we'll fight people over, whether they're <laughs> our children or not. If right. a child's being mistreated, we, I mean, not that it happens on a regular basis, but I feel like it does with <laughs> us. We, I have a really hard time with mothers that don't love or take care of their children. I have a real difficult time with that. Yeah. So I started doing some research on this because even though it was a tragedy that happened to my mother, somehow it has passed through our family. Absolutely. And so it's not, it. it's almost like a curse that has been placed and, and so I've watched it pass down to my children and to myself as well. It, it's different forms, and we're going to get into that. But I know that if my mother has hurt this terribly over that tragedy, and they don't have a name for it because I've researched it. Some people call it fear sleep. Some people call it, uh, we call it the fainting goat. Mm-hmm. There are so many names for it. 
And there's a couple of psychologists and psychiatrists that have come up with some theories and ideas, but this has not really been explored that much. No. And you would think that it would be, especially because you have a lot of shame involved. Yeah. And I don't know why, because it's very similar to PTSD. Very. It is a form of PTSD. So it, but I mean, it's its own entity on its, it is on its side. And, And, And we need to say this about depression too. Yeah. It's not depression. It is not depression. It's not sadness. This is a totally different outlet. And I think that's, and that's why it's so hard for me to grasp. Like, why would it be shamed? Because well, it's, in a way, it's a form of like a, your body going to self-defense. Because people mechanism. assume that you're lazy. A lot of people think that the people are lazy or they, they don't have emotional skills to deal with stuff or whatever. They, but if people are ashamed of the fact that they cannot stay or they don't care that a lot of it is, you, you, uh, for instance, like my son went in a car wreck. It was everything I could do to stay awake, you know. Not just you. Yeah, I mean, I was. I've been my mom too. Stop. My mom was. It was in, in the in. The, I fell asleep on the yeah, couch. Yeah, you did the fainty today. goat today. I did the fainty and, goat today. And Stokes came and said, "I think Will's taking a nap." <laughs> no, it was it was right before I woke up crying. It was mm-hmm. like it was the final straw. I was sitting there talking, and it's not like you can control it. No, it's not like oh, I'm tired. It's like your eyes won't open, and it doesn't matter where you're at. You go to sleep and there's, it's embarrassing. There's shame in it. People think you don't care about the things that are happening. When Tess got leukemia, my daughter here got leukemia when she was five and it was everything my mom could do to stay awake. And I think a lot of people thought she didn't care. It wasn't that it was, you refer, you revert back well, to this, the tragedy, but I really want to make this understood. You would, you could, a lot of people that have this will have depression. Like my mm-hmm. mother suffered with depression and that's another show for another day. But it doesn't mean that this is not depression. This is this it's is a always- separate thing in itself. Okay. Because you can have this and not be depressed. I, for one, am not a depressed person. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy. Tess is not a depressed person. Mm-hmm. But we do have this when tragedy happens. Well, not just tragedy with us. No, with us, it can be any strong Extreme emotion. Extreme emotion. Right. I and- got a... I mean- I told you I had a conversation with somebody about a, an engagement ring this week and I, he, he was talking to me and what kind of ring, blah, blah, blah. And I went, <laughs> and I was out, like I was gone. Five, right. 10 minutes later, he's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. But you have a story of where my mother had an anxiety oh, yeah. attack yeah, because of this. Yeah. When I was five, I was either um, six, five or six. And I had gone through a round of chemo either the day before or two days before. So I was chemo sick. And that was in the early 90s. So it was a little bit different. And she had taken me to one of my favorite stores to go shopping. And in the store, they had popcorn. And I love popcorn. And it was like movie popcorn is what you would get at the store. So she bought me a big bag of it. And the chemo from that, I got really, really ill. And I was in the bathroom. Can I say something before you mm-hmm. go further? If you met my mother, she's calm as a cucumber. Yeah. Very rarely is she upset. And she's very loving. The only way you know if she's upset is her voice goes from this to this one. Oh, she loses her upper lip. Yeah, she gets, yeah. So she doesn't show a lot of emotion. Anyway, go ahead. Well, she's always been showed loving emotion. Right. I mean, like fear or anything like that. No, no. Okay, she doesn't. So um, I started, I was in the bathroom just puking. And and when that happens, when you're eating popcorn, it cuts going when it comes back up. So there was blood involved and she was holding my head um, out of the toilet and she started panicking and she does this thing and she couldn't, it was like she was having an anxiety attack. Um, she was breathing, her breathing was changing and I knew that it was something wrong. And she started talking about her sister 
and Edna. Edna and she's well, I at the time I didn't know who it was right. because I mean I was a kid, but I can just remember thinking, I gotta make myself stop because this is about her sister that died. And because we had heard the story, but we didn't understand the severity to I definitely didn't at five years old. Right. And she it just brought her back to Edna. her yeah, me coughing and the blood and the vomit, and it was just too much. And she started even though she was there for me emotionally, she was getting nervous and it she like, was checking kicked it, it out. back. Yeah. She it kicked it back. So that's something we found out too that when this happens, there's different things that can almost trigger right. and that she emotion. Went into a very deep she would, sleep yeah. after that. Yeah. So so we know that if my mom has suffered this and not talked about it and not dealt with it, and and other people have too. And, and let me say, when I say not dealt with it, she has as much as she is capable of. And she's overcome greatly yes, so much. They even did the sleep apnea thing. Right. And that wasn't, she threw that off her face. She's like, that wasn't it. So I know that there are people that are listening that have had similar experiences. And knowing that you're not alone is huge. Yeah. Knowing that they're going to be healing is huge. And we're going to get to that. But there are some things I want to tell you about this on some research that I have done. First of all, most people think that when you're backed in a corner, when there's trauma, all this always comes from trauma, by the way. Trauma triggers this. The original. The original thing that triggers this is trauma. It could be a divorce from your parents. It could be what like happened to my mother, some type of death, seeing a terrible car wreck when you were a child. Something, something triggers this. And the the natural response is sleep. And it's childhood. This starts Mm -hmm. in childhood. And the reason it starts in childhood is, and I'll I'll tell you why. I'm sorry, I've got allergies. What happens in childhood is, have you ever been around a baby and they get very emotionally distraught because their sensors are wide open? Yeah. You know, and they're crying Mm -hmm. and they're hungry, but they can't communicate. And they'll throw a fit. They get red in the face. You give, you know, and then they go into a deep sleep and they rest. Okay. Mm. Move forward to a toddler. They, they're, they're just, they're not coordinated with their mouth, their hands, and they want stuff. And that sometimes they throw these temper tantrums. Always afterwards, they take a deep nap. Yeah. This is scientifically proven. They're supposed to do that because what happens when they take that nap, their brain rejuvenates, it resets, it, it makes them grow stronger emotionally and, and it helps the brain rejuvenate and move forward on how to handle stuff. It progresses it. That's yeah. when their brain progresses during that deep sleep. Okay. So when you're a child and the trauma happens and, and you go into that deep sleep, your body starts going, okay, from now on when I have a, cause children aren't supposed to experience trauma to that level. Yeah. So it's natural response for them when they're having the normal trauma, what their body thinks is normal trauma, to mm-hmm. go to sleep. When major trauma hits, they go into a really deep sleep, but it triggers almost like a permanent marker in their brain. It disrupts the channels of it. So they start having the rest of their life, trauma, strong emotion, deep sleep. So it's like a sensory overload. It's a sensory overload, but now it's a marker. <coughs> And that marker yeah. is on them. Are you okay? Yeah. Guys, we got allergies. <clears throat> and, and pollen is like thick up here. So on this mountain, you just wouldn't believe it. So so it it's like it's like a marker that's there. So and they and it's not it's not anything that they most people would know about or how to control it. Now we know that and, and let me tell you this also, God can heal anything. Absolutely. But this is one of the hardest things 
to heal because it's so deeply embedded. And we've worked on a lot of people with this. It can be healed. It can be dealt with. But it's one of those things you have to keep in check all the time. Because when you see it start to get out of control again, you have to come back to Tess or myself or one of our trained gypsies. Because we do have, we do, because we've had to deal with this our whole life. We do know how to, we have a formula to overcome it, to work with it, and to help you through these things. Absolutely. Now, can I tell you how to do that to help you? No, I can't. And I'll tell you why, because it takes sound therapy, vibration therapy, light therapy, and it takes gifted healing hands to do it. I wish I could give you a formula, but the formula is this. I know that my gypsies are trained in it. I know that my and Tess are trained in it and you contact us and we'll try to get you to somebody or you'll have to come and do that. Is there, is there, it's worth it's seeking wor- help to overcome it. <clears throat> I know for my life, there's been things in my life. And when I had cancer, my dad uh, decided he was going to skip out on us. And that in itself, two of those tragedies coming to terms with death at the age of five um, and that it could be a possibility any minute was pretty intense. Right. And then dad leaving. So from that, there's been a lot of things, little things here and there. The next big, big thing that really sent me into that hole. I mean, I, I, I think I slept for probably two weeks. And I can remember you waking me up and you got to get up. You got to get out of here. you get ready to tell. Um, yeah. Was when I, a guy I dated had passed away. And we were we were engaged and stuff. And I thought we would be together forever. And he passed away. And I that was not. It triggered all that childhood. Oh, my gosh. It triggered everything. And I can remember my grandmother and my mom just standing over me and doing work on me and, and doing, you know, what our family Laying does. hands and the prayer and all that. And nothing. And I can working. remember fighting them. Saying I didn't even want to feel their touch. And see, that's so part sad. of it. Yeah, it's so sad. It's not sadness as much as it was. I just didn't want to just let me sleep. And it's almost like it is sleeping beauty. You don't want to be bothered. You just need that sleep. You And you can lay still for days. It's amazing how it could. But uh, 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 most people that have this, so the extreme is days mm-hmm. of sleep. A lot of it is like what I did today. I fell asleep for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But you have no concept of the time when you come uh-uh. out of it, too. Sometimes you won't know where you're at, what you're doing, what what happened. Uh, it's No, it's not a form of narcolepsy. No. For those who, it's, it's, it, it, the re, it has nothing to do with any of those things. It is a trauma-induced sleep. Um, I'm going to read you something that I found interesting. According to Dr. Curtis Resinger, clinical psychologist for Zucker Hillside Hospital, the classic fight or flight binary, binary binary is oversimplified. And I agree with that 100%. Because, uh, you know, they say if you have trauma or if yeah. you're backed in a corner kind of thing, it's fight or flight. That's the human mm-hmm. response. That's what they've always said. He says that's oversimplified. There are actually a number of evolutionary adaptive ways human beings might respond to stress or danger. There's also the freeze response. Uh, that's sort of like a deer in the headlights. They get stunned and they can't do it. Now, I'm going to tell you, Tess can tell you, I do all these. Yeah, Mine's well, not just a, I'm, I, when I get into trauma, I go hyper. I go, I do a bunch of stuff. Tess and mom. Well, I don't know. Cause you've seen me run in place. Yeah. And, well, and it's not just me and mom. It's it, my brother does the same thing. Yeah. When he comes out of this sleep, he's ready to fight. Yeah. So it's a different, it's, it, I think it's, it changes for the personality right, so, of the person. Right. It, it, it just it, magnifies. It magnifies the personality. So I do all of these when trauma hits. So I never know which one it's going to be, but sleep is always a part of it. Absolutely. So there's the freeze response and that's the stun deer in the head. Like when like a tragedy happens and you stand there going, uh, 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 
you ever seen a child fall and everybody runs to it and one person standing there and they, they're trying to, they, they froze, they can't go to grab the kid. Okay. That will be me at times too. And then sometimes I'm the one running. Yeah. So it depends on the right. energy and everything um, in the room too. So that's the deer in the headlights. A similar one is flooding. That's where the person gets flooded with emotions and you don't know which emotion it is. You, you, you ever seen, I had a stepdaughter that would do this. She would get overwhelmed and she would laugh and cry at the same time. Yeah. So you, your emotions become overwhelmed and you laugh, you cry, you, you're feeling it. You, you're, and it, it's paralyzing. Yeah. And then they usually fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the other one, it, uh, so they're all F's by the way. So it's, um, hang on, let me, I lost my place here. Uh, the fawn response. We haven't got that. And the other one is what's called the fawn response. Um, and the, they all start with the F. And the fawn response is referring to the inclination to cooperate or submit oneself to the threat or the capture. Okay. So the fawn response is where you just curl up and die. So if you're in a trauma, say you're an abusive woman, you're an abused woman or abused man. And, and instead of the fight or flight, you just take don't, it, you just take it. Yeah. And, and you be, and then uh, you'll see that a lot in a, in abusive situations. Yeah. I at one time was married to someone who beat the living crap out of me. And I had got into that where I would just have that happen and I would go to sleep. And, and, and remember your brain is trying to rejuvenate and bring you out of these things. So it's, it really is like a self-defense. It is a self-defense. And then the, the final one is fatigue. and that is the one that always usually accompanies all these, but sometimes it is the only one. You may not have any of these, you, but you will always have fatigue with all these. Sometimes you'll just have fatigue. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You'll, you, fatigue is one of them. Mm -hmm. and you, but with all these other ones, you will always have fatigue eventually. Now, yeah. here's the kicker with this. Fatigue is in itself has its own different things too. There is physical fatigue. There is con con cognitive fatigue that may like might fall at an intensive several days study session. There's emotional fatigue, and that's uh, that happens a lot with nurses and physicians and professionals who work closely with sick and suffering people. Um, what is that? And uh, let's see what I don't know what that said. Um, hang on. Uh, there's another type of fatigue. So there's spiritual fatigue, any type of fatigue you can get that, that this can happen. So, and, and then it will cause you to fall asleep. Um, so those are the, the things that can happen that will with this trauma. Yeah. So what we're going to do in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about what to do about it. Yeah. And, and how to handle it. And like, there's even more extreme cases. For instance, I know somebody that I worked at a camp years ago and he had it so bad um, that oh, yeah. somebody would jump up behind him and scare him. And he literally would hit the ground like that. Tell that, that. story. And that he had told, it was a, when I was in college, I worked with a lot of college kids at a camp. <clears throat> he was kind of over all the college kids. Um, and he had a very hard life growing up. And they said, you know, he always told us, I do the fainting goat. We kind of made jokes about it. You don't tell a bunch of college kids that. He was making announcements. And somebody came up behind him and scared him. The next thing you know, he's out on the ground. Pretty yeah. tragic. So, so, and he had a tragedy life. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back and we're going to come back with some solutions to help as much as we can. Talk to you soon.
Hey guys, um, we're back after a brief break there, pulling ourselves together a little bit. And uh, one of the things that we want to talk to you about is we're going to talk about maybe some things you can do, also where it comes from. But right now we want to talk to you about the effect this has on you, your life, and those around you. Absolutely. And how it can be so damaging, not just to you, but your personal relationships with your spouse, your children, your loved ones, your friends, family, all that. It, it really affected me as a child watching my mom mm-hmm. sleep like that. I was always so afraid that she was going to die. Um, I thought there was something really wrong with her. The kids would all go to school and she would come inside and she would lay down. She had so many tragedies in her life that and traumas that she had faced. And she was the most beautiful human being I had ever known. I, I literally worshipped my mother as a child. But and she was a great mom. And we lived in a really safe house and a really safe farm. There wasn't much around. There was nobody or anybody to worry yeah. about. And so it was it was okay for us. But a lot of people have this and live in a towns or unsafe places and, and their children could get out and get hurt. So one of the things you need to understand is if you have this, you need to seek help and you need to seek help. If, if you're not getting help professionally, um, doctors aren't helping you. I really encourage you to seek uh, out one of the mountain gypsies. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or gypsystones.com. Um, or you can find one of the mountain gypsies through our other gypsies we've trained right, yeah. the, for, and we'll help you get in touch with them because we do do sound do do. We, we do, do, we do, do sound therapy, vibration therapy, light therapy, and hands-on spiritual healing to help you overcome this. Um, the effect it had on me was, I'll give you for an example. One time my mother was in one of those sleeps and I was trying desperately to wake her up and I had found a coloring book that showed a little girl and it showed a bowl that said flour and milk and eggs and and sugar and vanilla. And I knew what those things were. And it showed the oven and the temperature was set at 350 in the picture because, you know, it was a coloring book. You could flip the pages. And I wanted to make that. And I said to my mother and Tess heard us tell the story yeah. not too long ago. Can I do that? And she would couldn't hardly because you can't talk. It's almost like you're paralyzed. She was like, yes, I thought. And so I went in the kitchen as a kid and I'm mixing these things together. I couldn't have been more than five years old. I found some muffin pans. I turned the oven on 350, stuck it in the oven. And thank God my mother woke up about the time they should have been done and took it out. And we had, it was almost like a custard. <laughs> we ate them. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. Or maybe it was, but she pretended it wasn't. But, it, you know, that could have turned into a tragedy. Yeah. And so, but... You know, there were so many times as a kid, I lived on that huge farm with no one around. She would be in that sleep and I would go and where my my dad would always do woodwork and stuff. I'd get little pieces of wood where he'd cut off from two by fours and I'd take great big 10 penny nails and I'd run it through and I'd make sales on them. I'd start at the top of the creek and I'd follow them down and let them run down the creek. But I was by myself all the time. And I spent all that time though, I do cherish because I spent all that time along with God and, and mm-hmm. as a kid and it helped cultivate a lot of who I am today and stuff. But I was in a safe zone. I was in a safe area. You say safe, but I'm I'm gonna disagree with you. I have panic attacks thinking about you as a child in that area because I grew up around that house. But it was not like that. Regardless. No, it was different. There wasn't a swimming pool when I was little. There wasn't houses around. There wasn't anybody you would wait for days for a car to go by that big main road i mean yeah. it just wouldn't happen but there still, just weren't people it's just there not 
it's not a great idea. It's, it's and now my point being is it affected me mm-hmm. and it affected me by making me feel alone. It affected me by f- making me feel outside. Uh, I, I wanted to interact with my mom. I wanted books read to me. I, I never had books read to me. I never had that interaction that I want. And it was, I'm not blame. This is not about blame. She could not help it. it she had a sleeping disorder, has a sleeping disorder. And, and, but I wanted that so bad. And it was a tragedy that me yeah. knowing me now with my personality, what, what could have been different if yeah. I had had those things. So I encourage you, if you have these things, please seek help. Um, it, it is, is not, it just, it affects every single person for a lifetime. Uh, I recognized it, and I when my when Tess got cancer, I would fall asleep. Like, but I knew what was happening. I fought so hard to overcome this that that I believe I overcame it mostly. But I also know, like when I when it's happening, like today, I knew it was happening. Tess knew it was happening. It was a short duration, but now, but knowledge is is a wonderful thing because with knowledge, now we know what's happening. We know how to overcome it. Tess knows how is a healer. I'm a healer. We know what to do. It is some things we heal immediately and it's over. Yeah. And some things are a continual struggle and, <coughs> and healing. We don't know why. No. Some people are healed from this immediately and some people aren't. It's just the way it is. And, and some things we have the answers for and some things we don't. But what we have to get to is to, to come up with some answers is the or origin. Of you this. had to find what triggered this as a child. Right. And sometimes that's that's very hard to come to terms with. And it's hard to hear. It's hard to feel. It's hard to relive those memories. But in reality, that's what's keeping you in prison at this point. Right. Because this is very much like a prison. You can't function appropriately. You can't function properly when this is going on. And that's really hard to hear. Right. I know for me as a mom, there was times that I would literally be in a dead sleep one time I brought both of my boys in the house and my left my car running and I laid down with them and I woke up the next morning with my car still running and our front door wide open and the car doors were open yeah right and the boys were inside with me but all the whole house was open because I was so tired when I laid down with them, but I, it was I just because you had been going through some trauma. Well, yeah, I mean I was going through divorce my dad had just died it was yeah. intense yeah but at the same time you know, these are kind of scary things and we have to really come to terms with them so we can heal that process. And, so you, we can and if you know, if you know that trauma triggers this, you can be ready. I knew this was going to happen after Chaz's wreck. I knew it was going to happen. So I was very aware. I stayed in the house today. I stayed home. Mm-hmm. I was prepared. As soon as everything was done last night, I came straight home waiting for this to happen. So I, I know what to look for. I know how to handle it. I know if it's too bad who to, to call to, to help. Tess knows what to do. So if it's if it's going, if it's a trauma that's affected me for more than one or two days, one of the things is grounding is yeah. huge. Getting your feet in dirt and grass uh, to help reset your hurt, the hurts inside of you, mm-hmm. the mega hurts that are inside of you. Uh, what is inside of you is the same that's in the earth and it will reset you. You may be like, oh my God, that grounding stuff. Well, oh my God, all you want, it works. But the main thing is you got to go back from when you were a kid and find out when the tragedy happened. And then we have to start plucking that out. Uh, when we say face it, we don't mean face it like a lot of people do where you sit and you talk about it till you're so 
sick of it that you, it's just killing you. Sometimes you can talk about a subject so much and relive it so much that not it doesn't help. It causes it damage yeah, it, it, because it, you're just reliving it over and over. And I know that a lot of there are different forms of psychology and some of the psychologists want you to talk about. It. I'm, I don't believe in that type of psychology. I think talking about it over and over causes you to relive it. And it causes the people I know that do that type of psychology and, and go through that. They're no better than they were the first day they went there 5, yeah. 10, 15 years ago. But people that go through it that have active psychologists who are giving them skills to overcome it have overcome it. We use sound therapy, vibration therapy, and light therapy and, and sensory spiritual touch to overcome it. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty quick. Uh -huh. And they overcome it sometimes within an hour session with us. Yeah. So, um, you you choose what your source is to overcome it but we and if you can't even find the source one of the good things about the gypsies is that we are gifted through yahweh and we will help you find that source and pluck it out it's like a big thorn stuck in you and we can pluck it out and the healing can start and and when the healing starts a lot of times these things the sleeping beauty will will end and and you can start having your life back um it's a terrible place to be. And we don't want any of you all to hurt like this. We don't want any of you all to have pain like this. So anything we can do to help overcome this, like I said, the tragedies, like my mother's baby sister dying in her arms at nine years old, that's huge people. You know, my, my son and my daughter, they lost their father in a, in a, a tragedy. Their, their father was murdered when they were young and that has affected them. These things have to be dealt with instead of just, oh, time will heal. Time heals nothing. It just marches on. It distances you from the time it happened, but it heals nothing. It takes skills. It takes healers. It takes Yahweh to heal those that brokenness. Let us help you any way we can by either getting you in touch with the right people and or, or going to your a medical professional if that's where you, the road you feel you need to go to. Remember, this is not depression, but you can be depressed on top of this. It can, it can it's one of the layers that can happen. It is sleep and beauty disease. It is fear sleep. It is the fainting goat. You name it. They don't have a name for it out there, but let us try to help you. And one of the places we come to people, we're always taking requests and places to go and travel and different events. We're going to be not this weekend, but the uh -huh. next at Mansfield, uh, May 4th through the 5th. So they can come see us there if they're yeah, in Yeah, we're going to be on Ohio. Is it Ohio State Reformatory? Mansfield? It's Mansfield. Mansfield Prison. Uh, there, it's closed down. It's now you can go there and you can, they're doing a ghost hunt. Uh, it's a parasitocon. Yeah. You can go online, go to my Facebook, Kathy Young. It's got cat in parentheses. Or you go to the Mountain Gypsies. Oh, or go to gypsystones.com and I'll post some stuff there. Also, uh, Tessaray Lee Hughes. Tessaray Lee Hughes. Go to any of those things. And you can check out the fact that we are going to be at these events. We're going to be doing healings there. We'll be at that. We're going to be at the Bigfoot, the, uh, Pennsylvania Bigfoot. Yes. We're going to be at Phenomen uh, at um, Penhurst. Penhurst. Uh, gosh, we've got a bunch of other ones coming up too. I can't think of them all. We have an event. We here have in an Mountain. event here in Roan Mountain, July the fifth, sixth, and seventh. You're more. Well, they're going to be all the gypsies are going to be here healing for that. And then we just took on another one. Well, we're working. Yeah, we took on. We're going to be one in. Um, oh, oh I can't Pennsylvania. Remember. Yeah, and it's at the Pajama Factory. Yeah, 
And we're going to be at that one. Um, and then we're going to be at Phenomenology 2020. And Selma. I think we're doing oh, Selma we're this doing year. Selma this year too, guys. I've got them all listed on Facebook. So if you can't come to Tennessee, we're going to be in Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, a lot of other different places. It seems like a lot of PA in Ohio this year. Yep. But uh, come come to us. We've got gypsies in all over the place too that you can go to. So uh, you can always contact Kat. Or myself. Indiana, Illinois, Pennsylvania. To help to dire right. direct you to right. gypsies. Or we do a lot of counseling via FaceTime, over right. the phone, all that kind of stuff as well. And it's something that needs to be talked about, needs to be dealt with. Because right. it really does affect so many people. Even my children have a small degree of it. It's it's not as We're intense. We're breaking it, though. We're breaking yeah, it. Yeah, it's not as intense in them as it was in me and my brother and mom and then of course, I mean, how many times have those of you that have this have missed dates, have missed oh my classes, gosh. have missed important events, have have not made it to family reunions or whatever, and everybody's like, oh, she's depressed. And you're like, I'm just, I'm not depressed. I just am overwhelmed and I just need to lay down. So remember, you you they a lot of times they'll medicate you for depression medicine and it makes it worse. Yes, it does. So you have to know what is wrong with you and don't let them just fill you up on depression medication because that's the just the the cure all for everything. Yeah. Because it's not. It is not the cure all for everything. So we you need to really find out what's wrong with you. I hope this has helped. I hope so too. Um, <clears throat> we this didn't take the question and answer this week because we felt there was just too much information we needed to get out there. If you have some questions about this, please call in. You can leave a message. We'll try to answer them on next week's show. Um, I hope this has helped you all tremendously. I hope you all say a prayer for my mama. Yeah. And thank you all so much for listening. And thank you guys for uh, being interactive with us and contacting us, not just on here, but other places, but never hesitate to leave a message or contact us if you need help or direction. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a tough one. I did it. We made it through. Thank you guys so much for listening and being a part of our lives. And we will see you guys soon in Ohio. Paris Icon. Paris Icon. Be there or be square, guys. We love all you sexy roosters and chicks. And we will talk to you real soon. Don't forget, tonight before midnight... Go to phenom2020.com, get your VIP ticket or your VIP vendor ticket, and you get a free ticket for drink for a drink at the at the party. You, you also get, she just contacted me and told me they are registered for a drawing to get a big gift basket. Oh, you hear that? You're gonna get registered to get a free big gift basket. So lots of giveaways, guys. Only 10 of people, only 10 people can register for that. So we will see you guys at Ohio Mansfield, Ohio State Reformatory this weekend. No, not this weekend. Fourth and fifth. Fourth of and fifth of May. And we're already, icon. yeah, we're already filling up by the way. Yeah. Our spots are our all the other gypsies. There are gonna be tons of gypsies there too. If we can't get to you, they'll be there with their tables. We'll be helping them. Call us. If I can't get you, I'll get you in with one of my top gypsies, baby dolls. Love you guys so much. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.